The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning, I'm Kate Ebner and I welcome you to today's show. I have been looking forward to this conversation with a lot of anticipation. I know I myself am going to learn quite a bit from my guest today. My guest, Luis Barajas, has wisdom and experience to offer us that will help us to use vision for big results in our businesses and perhaps even more importantly in our lives. I first became familiar with Lewis's work about five years ago when his book, Small Business, Big Life, was published. Of course, I saw it on the bookshelves, bought it, read it cover to cover, and I often return to it for guidance in moving my own business and life forward. Lewis is the first Latino in the United States to receive the Certified Financial Planner designation. He was named as one of the top 100 financial advisors by Mutual Funds Magazine. Money Magazine has named him as one of America's top advisors. Um, he's been chosen by people in Espanol as a person making a difference in the lives of Americans. Lewis has also been featured in regional and national publications, USA Today, the Los Angeles Times, just to name a few. Um, he's provided his financial and business insights to national news programs such as CBS Sunday Morning, CNN's Your Money, CNBC, The Willis Report on Fox Business News, um, Aki y Ahora on Univision, ABC News, and National Public Radio's Tell Me More. So, Lewis's voice has been out in the world uh, national, nationally and internationally. Most importantly, and the reason I wanted him to join us today is his financial advice is based on his understanding that people don't just want to make millions. We also want to make a difference and live fulfilling lives. He's going to be talking with us today about how to do that, how to make our visions real. Lewis, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kate. That was a very nice introduction. Oh, well, it's hard to edit, given the accomplishments you've had. I would love to begin, uh, Lewis, by just inviting you to tell us your own story. Uh, I think it's one of those great American stories. Um, how did you come to be a best-selling author and a renowned financial advisor? Well, it's come a long way, but what happened is, you know, my parents are immigrants from Mexico, and um, my dad, when, like, when I, 1971-72, uh, we were going through a recession in the U.S. as well and lost his job. In fact, lost two jobs and tried uh, as hard as he can to find a job. And after a couple months of not finding another job and making sure that he had to take care of his family, he looked at me at the kitchen table uh, and asked me if I can help him start his business. Now, understand, I was 11 years old at the time, and I was the only one in the family that really was uh, spoke English, and, and I loved books, and so my dad said, can you help me fill out the paperwork? And so at that time, um, what happened was that, uh, you know, I realized that my dad needed uh, my help, and so I had a lot of responsibility very young. 
and it came to a point where uh, my father was uh, doing, he was an ornamental iron contractor and was doing work for a family uh, for the first time out, in, out, out of our, our area, which was East Los Angeles, in, into Beverly Hills, and it was my very first time that I'd seen people drive nice cars, live in nice homes, and I asked my dad, how do people live like this? And he said, uh, I don't know, it must be education. So that day I remember looking at my dad's eyes, I was about 12 years old, and making a commitment to him that I would one day learn everything there is about money and business to help him out and help our family out. Mm-hmm. I take you forward. Um, you know, I ended up going to UCLA, getting an MBA at Claremont Graduate School, with, and I, was studi- I studied there with Peter Drucker. And, um, you know, went into financial planning for a couple of years. And actually, to be quite honest with you, kid, I hated it. Um, I realized that it wasn't what I really wanted to do, and I, I thought that I would learn everything about money, but it was more about sales. So mm. I, en- I ended up leaving the profession and going to go get a CPA at a big firm out in uh, Newport Beach, California. And I was fortunate enough that this firm was uh, a CPA boutique firm that was barely getting started in doing financial planning. This was a big accounting firm, so we're doing financial planning for their very, very wealthy clients. Uh, and this is about 1989, 90, when we were having a, another horrible um, economy because real estate yeah. was being hurt, right? Mm-hmm. So what happened was that uh, I was also raised by my grandmother because my mom got pregnant with me very young at the age, you know, and had me at 16. So she was the love of my life, and I was working on these high-profile cases. I was working on the Donald Trump reorganization. They had hired us to reorganize his debt at the time. I was oh. the original auditor on the Charles Keating Lincoln Savings debacle. <laughs> and uh, while doing that, I get a phone call from my grandmother. that says she's not feeling well. She ends up, and, and this is in 1990, she ends up passing away from complications of a heart attack. Uh, 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 just a short time thereafter, I mean, really short time thereafter, um, her eldest son, who was also one of my mentors, who used to love to read books and got me reading books when I was very young, uh, committed suicide. And so during this process, my wife went into labor early, and um, it was a Saturday, I think, she goes into labor on, on a Saturday at, um, I think it must have been noon, and she doesn't give birth to our daughter till like 2.33 o'clock in the morning. And mm. so at the time, I, I, I rush, we rush her to the hospital. She has the baby. She's fine. Then I said, listen, I'm going to go home. I'm going to take a quick shower and change and pick up your, your suitcase of, of clothes that we, had, that we were going to take to the hospital, and I'll be back in a couple of hours. On my way, I end up stopping at a coffee shop in uh, Lake Forest, California. And... Uh, some, I'm, I'm just, I just got a bagel and a cup of coffee. I was fixing it and ready to go back to the hospital. And some man comes and sits next to me and says, do you mind if I sit uh, here and fix my tea or coffee? I didn't even realize what he was, what he was drinking. Mm-hmm. And I said, sure. And he asked me if I was okay. And I said, yeah, I'm fine. I said, I just had a baby. I'm heading back to the hospital. But, but you know, if you just had a baby, you don't look very happy. You, you, know, you, you should be ecstatic. And then I had this conversation like you and I are having right now about my grandmother just passed away. I just, you know, um, my uncle committed suicide. I Mm. I saw the birth of my daughter, and I was overwhelmed. And he just started to, you know, pour his wisdom out to me. And he was this nice guy who was uh, wearing a uh, Hawaiian shirt, khaki Uh pants, um, and didn't think anything of it and spoke to me about that. He later confesses that he's a pastor at a church, and... And they'd been to a lot of funerals, and he had never seen, you know, a U-Haul behind a hearse. Ah. And that, and he started telling me, you know, like, that stuck to me. Like, you can't take it with you. It's not about the money. It's not about the success. I mentioned to him where I had come from and where I was working and how successful I'd been. But I felt unfulfilled now. There was lack of meaning in my life. I didn't have any purpose. And this is in 1990. He spoke to me about a purpose-driven life. 
came back to the hospital, held my daughter for hours, and then just went. I, I went to work on that very next day on Monday to go give my firm a four-hour notice, and I quit. Went back to the barrio, which I grew up in East Los Angeles, to help out the community. And that has been, that was in 1990, that was uh, September when I quit. It was September um, 9th, I think, 1990. I've never looked back. I've gone back to go help the community and then really more of the underserved and, and really show them about how they can build wealth but at the same time have meaning. Now, the interesting part, I'll tell you who this man was, is that I, my very first book that I wrote was in, in 2003 with uh, HarperCollins called The Latino Journey to Financial Greatness. And financial greatness was figuring out how to use money or make money to live a better life. This same gentleman wrote a book with HarperCollins the same year in 2003 called A Purpose-Driven Life. Mm-hmm. You know, his book has sold, I think, 48 million copies. That's Pastor mm-hmm. Rick Warren. And it was just ironic. It was just this synchronistic event or whatever you want to call it that I met him in 1990 um, and just kind of changed the trajectory of my life. Wow. Well, let me just jump in and say that thank you for sharing that story. That is a, a story that's rich with, um, I don't know, as I was listening to you, I was thinking, wow, all these big life events converged at once and really caused you to question the purpose and the meaning of your life. And of course, at this critical moment, here here he here comes <laughs> Pastor Warren sitting down next to you and giving you advice straight out of his soon to be best selling book um, life that, advice that changed your life and I'm struck also Lewis by um, some of the things that you had you know this the close family it sounds like and a, an awareness of um, your community and of the the place that you came from and a deep desire to help people so I thank you for sharing that story so. This is now September 1990. You decide to leave um, your job mm-hmm. and, and go to the barrio, as you said. What happens next? Well, what happens next is that, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I didn't know it then. I know it now that I was uh, the first Hispanic certified financial planner in the country. I had an MBA from Claremont Graduate School. I thought I could help out my community. And it really ended up not being a, an issue of uh, helping out Hispanics. It was really more socioeconomic issue of that poor communities think a certain way. And... It was just, it was like a hitting uh, uh, wall after wall. I couldn't overcome the obstacles of having people change the way they were thinking about how to organize themselves to build wealth. And I had all these um, concepts and ideas and, that I had learned from college and school and the CFP designation. And I realized that the only way that you can really get through to people was to... Um, Either it's going to have to be through media because I couldn't do it once at a time, one person at a time because there's just too many people to help. And then what happened was I saw a gentleman um, who is uh, a comedian now who's very famous now, but at the time wasn't doing so well, at a small uh, comedy club called, his name was George Lopez. And he mm-hmm. did this kind of in-your-face kind of comedy uh, about how you know, people think about you know, their communities or whatever, who they are, and people were really laughing. I got, wow. If anybody got on television and said any of that stuff, they would be calling him a racist or whatever. But he was from those communities. You know, the same thing, I, I came from the really impoverished communities. I knew the community. I knew how they thought. So I thought, what if I wrote a book that really talked about changing the way um, uh, we think about who we are? And, and, and maybe, you know, what I, what I really focused on was these four principles was truth, awareness, responsibility and courage you know those four things are right about in all my books and the truth is you know it's like 
the same, I, I was telling you recently that I lost like 40 pounds. The truth is until you put yourself on the scale, you don't really know how much you weigh and, and how healthy you need to be. And the truth is that in our communities, uh, where I grew up, and we had a 57% dropout rate like 70 years ago, and as of, I think, last month, we still have a 57% dropout rate. Um, you know, uh, more people in, in lower-income communities obviously ha- have health issues because they don't have health insurance. And so how do you change that? And the way you change it is not by bringing in more resources, but by changing the way they're thinking about how to attract mm-hmm. those resources. Mm-hmm. And that's how the book came about because I said, I, I need to reach a bigger audience. And um, through the last, that was in 2003, now I've written five books, but I've been very fortunate that I get sponsored by Fortune 100 companies that will fly me across the country and internationally, and I'm able to sometimes give our books away. And the, the most, the, what I have learned from all of that, it's not an issue of if it's Hispanic or African American. It's really a socioeconomic issue as you travel the country, whether it's Anglo, Hispanic, it doesn't really matter. It's people who are poor sometimes tend to think a certain way. And that's how my business, you know, my book started about business because uh, a lot of people in these communities, the only way they're ever going to make any money if they're not highly educated is they start their own businesses. And the problem is that they end up working for themselves and working harder and longer and making less money. Um, and, and that's where How Small Business Big Life started because also uh, the whole concept of, uh, well, I could tell you a story a little later, but about my father and my, and my brother and myself, we've lived mm-hmm. different lives because of my dad's business, so... Mm-hmm. You know, we'll do that, I think, after the break. And I, I want to kind of zero in on something you just said about people starting a business and actually working harder and making less than ever before. And I think, you know, in my experience um, as a leadership coach, working with executives, working with individuals who really want to envision and create a powerful, um, uh, you know, successful, happy, fulfilling life, I see that people really believe in, in a kind of a um, very hopeful way that starting a business and being, you know, quote unquote, in control, so to speak, of your destiny is the American way. It is the way towards right. success, you know. And I, I also know that that really um, doesn't automatically happen for people. There's so much to learn. Um, so we're going to take a, a break here in about, um, you know, less than a minute. But I would love for you to comment on a distinction you make in your book. You know, your distinction is working in the business, working on the business. Right. What does that mean? Well, let, let me quickly just make a comment about what you just said. I think that as Americans, we have this rugged individualist mindset. We believe that if we have to overcome an obstacle or we start a business, we have to work longer and harder and harder than anyone else. And that's a myth. Um, it goes into the concept of working in your business versus working on your business. Working in your business means that you're tactically, you're doing, you're doing everyday things in the business and you're, you're losing yourself in the point where you have to work on your business. And I always say you have to work on your life. And that's what the difference is strategic. You have to think about, I know I can't, but if I could grow to the next level and work less. I, I love the concept whether you know, you're thinking and or. Some people believe that you have to, if you're going to work really hard and spend a lot of time at, at the office, then you're going to have to give up time with a family. My feeling is, I know I can't, but if I could you know, work less hours at the office but make more money and spend as much time with my family, how would I have to reorganize myself? And that kind of thought process is really strategic. It's strategy. It's sitting back and not doing the day-to-day things. But the problem is, you know, like we talk about with uh, Stephen Covey, those are the important things, and most of the time we're just focused on doing the urgent things, and we yeah. don't prioritize the important. You make such a great point, and we're going to jump right back into that right after this break. 
always talking business, talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. This is Kate, and I'm talking today with Luis Barajas. His advice works powerfully, whether you're making $25,000 or $250,000. We're going to be talking this morning about how to make your vision real and how to realize your dreams through your business and for your life. Um, Louis, before the break, we were talking about um, the four principles that really have uh, guided the, the approach that you take and, and what you ask for uh, business owners to think about truth, awareness, responsibility, and courage. And... You know, I often am coaching people who are really working to make their vision happen. Um, I really see that there's how we want it to be, and then there's the work that it takes, actually, sometimes to get where we want to go. Um, you started off, before, before the break, you were talking about sort of a fundamental question uh, about how do you really want it to work for your life. Would you just pick up there and speak a little bit about um, how you help small business owners? Well, you know, it's it's... The, the, the most important thing is that when I'm working with small business owners, I want to get an accurate picture of where they're at. And, you know, we, we sometimes will ask a couple of questions, or I will ask up a couple of questions, because I want to find out what, where their mindset is. Uh, the couple of questions that I always ask is, like, who controls your destiny? And the other question I ask is, why is your life or business uh, working or not working? And I ask those questions intentionally because when I get the responses, who controls your destiny? And if they say, if they, if they, you know, they say God or my wife or um, the economy or the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, or it doesn't really matter. You know that at some point um, you're going to get them to figure out. You're going to get them. To, either you got to shift them to understand that they have a lot to do with controlling their destiny and, and you can't look at um, 
uh, somebody else. Because yeah, that's you do, a great you give, point. You, you give control to someone else. And that's it's all right. about a mindset, right? It is. I love that. It's, it is about a mindset. And, you know, as a coach, I listen for that too. You know, is it being done to you? Or are you doing it for yourself and taking responsibility for what's happening in your life? And that mindset, it makes all the difference in terms of what happens next. And so I'm glad you asked that, that important question about, right. um, you know, that sort of reveals the mindset of the, the entrepreneur. Right. And, and, you know, we always say, I, I, I love to say when, when, that all progress starts by telling the truth. And so I never want somebody to tell me, you know, in this day and age, a politically correct answer. I want them to really be as authentic and transparent and tell me, you know, what their problem is. I was telling you earlier that I'd recently lost a lot of weight, and the truth was that it wasn't until I jumped on the scale and realized, oh, my God, you know, I've gained so much weight. And then I realized that I need to do something about it. And I couldn't blame that my wife is a great cook or that I live in a community that loves, you know, food, you know, with high-fat content. It was me shoving the food in my mouth, and I love sweet food, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was, once I take ownership, um, and the second question is, why is your life or business not working? Again, going back to that whole mindset, if they're telling me that they lack time or they lack, uh, you know, certain knowledge or capital, um, I, I want to find out, you know, everybody's got the same 24 hours. You know, why is their life not working? I want to go back and, and find out what is holding them back. What excuses are they giving me or what, or what realities are there? But uh, let's take a look at where they're going to have to take personal responsibility um, for their lives. And, and, and so we use this, this personal responsibility formula. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, you know, I, 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 I know that nothing is new under the sun, so I stole this from somebody. I can't tell you I've been using it for so long, and I know that person that used it that I stole it from, I think once mentioned that they stole it from somebody else, so I, I, don't, I want to give credit to whoever originally came up with this, but the personal responsibility formula says it's E plus R equals O, you know, meaning E is the events in your life that happen, O is the outcome, and the problem is that we want to focus on the R, and for a lot of people, the R, the word is react, they react. So an event happens, I'm going through divorce, I react, I react hostile with my ex-wife, my outcome is horrific. Um, you know, the event is I'm going through divorce, instead of reacting, I want to respond. By focusing, like you talk, you love to talk about visionary, looking very future-based. What kind of outcome would I like to have if I have children with now my ex-wife who's divorcing me? Well, I would need to respond differently. And so I use this formula all the time, I've been using it for 20 years. I, 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 there's an event that's happening in my life that I don't enjoy. Instead of figuring out how I'm reacting, I really say, well, what kind of outcome do I really want to have? What, what, mm-hmm. How do I want to see myself? Uh, the mm-hmm. event that I was 45 pounds heavier, what kind of outcome? I actually want to, you know, 50 now, I want to be 75. I want to, I want to be healthy. I want to look good. I want to be fit. So how should I respond? Well, I need to exercise more. I need to eat less. I need to learn how to eat properly. And so mm-hmm. by... That, that alone make, lets me believe that I'm in control of an event that maybe is that I have no control of. Can you give an example, Lewis, of um, how um, an entrepreneur might think about this equation, E plus R equals O? So if you were in your, leading your business and let's say the event was what? The, the recession. Was, I have no okay. control over that. The mm-hmm. recession, I, you know what, I'm starting my business, it's 2008, a lot of people started their small businesses in 2008, here we are in 2012, they've gone through one of the greatest recessions we've ever had, 
economy's been slow. And so the response is, well, the reason why I'm not successful is because that there's a recession or there aren't enough customers or the people aren't eating out enough if they've just opened up their own restaurant. Um, you know, as a more of a financial planner than a business advisor right now, I'll have a client uh, sometimes during the week come in, and what we're doing is we're helping them reorganize their business because they're not bringing in enough customers, but they're blaming it on the recession when sometimes I'm looking at when I go visit them, it's not the recession. It's their level of service. It's their quality of food. It's a lot of things that they did have control over. That same week, Kate, I'm actually meeting with a restaurant owner who I have to deal with more of their tax issues because they're making so much money or they've never made as much money as they're making now, and we have to figure out how we can minimize their tax situation. So mm-hmm. it's interesting how people focus on certain things and they blame other things without taking control. So, you know, it could be that, um, and I see that very often with small business owners. So E plus R, R equals, equals O, whatever that event is in your business or you in... Control. You know, take control to, you know, look at the reaction that you want to, or the response that you really want to give in order to get to the outcome that you really want. Yeah, well, here, I'll even simplify it. What you want to do, there's an event happening. Instead of focusing on the R, which is the reaction, focus on what kind of outcome you really want. And then go back and respond to it. Okay, got it. uh, Respond. But but the, the, the formula is... Everybody does E plus R, meaning that an event happens, so I do a knee-jerk reaction, and then I have a bad outcome. In my, the, the second scenario that I want them to focus on, there's an event that happens, focus on the outcome that you want, and then figure out how you should respond to that. Okay, beautiful. That's very clear. Thank you. You know, um, when you, you, in your book, Small Business, Big Life, you talk about the four internal drivers, and you name, you know, number one, your own strengths and weaknesses, number two, your entrepreneurial mindset, which I think we've been t- talking about a little bit. Mm-hmm. Number three is your beliefs about effort and value, money and prosperity, investment and expense, scarcity and abundance, and what, you know your so your really your beliefs about um, how life should work. Um, and then for your personal foundation of character, standards, morals, and ethics. And so these four things are the internal drivers of um, business and life success. You're, I think you're suggesting. Can you tell us about these? Absolutely. And, and so let me just go the, to one of the four, which is your beliefs. And let me give you an example about effort versus value that I see very often. So I'm talking to a person or a group of people. Actually, I just did this at a workshop uh, not that long ago. And I'll write on a board, on a whiteboard, uh, assume that you're earning $25,000 a year and you work 40 hours a week. I said, and this is in the SAT test that you're taking you know, um, to get into college. And I now put the formula that I've convinced you that you really need to be earning $50,000 a year or you want to double the amount of income you make. How many hours should you work? And what's the, what's the formula? What's the equation? And so, well, if you've doubled the number of hours that you, uh, of income you want to earn, you should double the number of hours you need to work. I said, well, that, you would get an A because that would make sense on a math test. Um, so now you're working 80 hours and you're making $50,000 a year. Um, and then I said, well, now we want to make $100,000 a year. How many hours would you have to work? And somebody in the audience who's decent at math will say, well, double the number of hours, and now it's 160 hours. So you're telling me that if, you make a, if you're making $100,000 a year, you need to be working 160 hours a week, when we know that in reality, if you take a 24-hour day, multiply it times seven, I think it's 168 hours. Well, that's not the reality, but that's how our mind works. And so I have um, many, many clients that grew up very poor right now who have their own small businesses who are working 30 hours a week and are making $250,000, $300,000 a year, or if not more. And so 
our beliefs about what we believe, effort versus value. And so what happens is that some people believe that to make more money, you must work harder and longer. That's what we, in the first segment, we were talking about that rugged individualist that we think that we must work more. Well, if you do that, you won't have time for your family. Um, the divorce rate is, is divorce rate is really high among entrepreneurs, Kate. You know, we know we hear about the divorce rate being over fifty percent in America. Well, the divorce rate among entrepreneurs, I think, tends to be closer to like sixty percent. Wow. And so the reason is that people uh, struggle at the beginning and they put so much effort that they forget about the most important person in their life is a spouse, and and or their and their family or their children. And I want them to to understand that there's different ways of believing. Um, and sometimes I have to introduce them to people who are working 30 hours a week and making two, three $300,000 a year and spending, taking vacations with their families. So mm-hmm. the effort versus, you know, a value um, or the belief of money. You know, mm-hmm. do you see yourself right now as poor? Do you see yourself as broke? One is permanent mindset. One is a temporary mindset. There are a lot of business owners who have lost their businesses or their homes right now have gone through the struggles. But you know what? They have this can-do attitude. You know, you know I, I wasn't prepared. I, I, was, I didn't have all the knowledge. I didn't know how to work through a recession. So I lost the stuff, and I'm just broke. I'm temporary, but I'm going to rebuild again. And there are some people who just, um, you just say, I'm just poor. I'll always be poor uh, no matter what I do. And, and so, again, the beliefs can really overcome a person and can um, create those internal obstacles of achieving success, and that's, those are the hardest people to coach. So my job is that if I know that they have this, in, this internal beliefs, uh, how they're looking at uh, creating abundance in their life, I want to focus on that so then the rest of it kind of all falls into place. You know, we're going to take a break, Lewis, and uh, I want to thank you for what you just said. I think um, the, the mindset, the way we think about our situation is critical to what's possible and what's possible is how we link to to vision and ultimately outcomes so we're going to come back after the break and i'm going to invite you to share your five steps for building a small business and a big life we'll be right back voice america business network the bottom line in business. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. This is Kate, and my guest today is Luis Barajas, a nationally renowned financial advisor whose work defies the traditional concept of financial business expert. Luis really connects with people through their hearts, their dreams, and the often difficult realities of their lives as well. He's not just about the numbers. He's about helping people use their resources to live better today and tomorrow. So, Luis, before the break, I invited you to take us in this next little segment through the five steps to building a small business in a big life. And I think it may take us the whole uh, segment. So go ahead. <laughs> okay, well, let me tell you. So the very first thing is when um, I have seen people who are struggling with their small business or are going to start their small business, um, or they'll even go into the site, like for the Small Business Administration, the government site, um, they'll always have them first do a, a business plan. And even though I believe business plans are important, I actually have my clients do a life blueprint or a life plan first. And so they come in with the expectations, well, I'm having trouble with my business or I'm starting a business and Lewis is going to help me kind of uh, share his wisdom about what are the things that I'm not seeing in my business. And again, I I believe that the purpose of a business is to give you more life, not to suck the life away from you and and know that, you know, I've gone through the, I've gone through this, this horrible mess of starting the business years ago where it consumed my life overtook me and actually created a divorce in my life. And then um, a couple years later, I end up falling in love with the woman in my dreams who's now, uh, we've been married 15 years, and she's so supportive of everything I do. But I I made a commitment to her that I was going to figure it out, not only how to make money for my business, but how to turn this business where it's going to support our lives. And so we can live a life together and be together for a long time. I didn't want to go through a divorce that had gone through that was very painful for me. So I start with this life blueprint. And the life blueprint really is just sitting down and talking about your, uh, your values and prioritizing them, your life focus areas. I, I created this work, worksheet called um, the uh, you know, life-defining moments worksheet where we sit down and go through and talk about all the things that define their lives and what life-defining moments will come in the future so they are aware of them so they can orient themselves around their business. So the very first thing that I do is I have their clients plan vacations out two years out. And for some of who, some people have never taken vacations in the last 10 years. Hmm. Um, so that's really important to me. And I live my life. I mean, I, I can tell you what my vacation is going to be in December. I'm going to be taking a, uh, my, Angie and I are going to be taking a cruise to the British Virgin Islands in uh, in May of next year, we're going to be taking a family vacation to Cancun. Um, you know, I, I can plan. We have vacations planned out two years in advance, always as well. And nothing, so that's the, so that's the first thing you do is you a client comes in thinking they're going to work on their business, and they sit down with you and you say, "Okay, first thing we're going to do is work on the life blueprint, including this. You know, describing it sounds like this uh, fulfilling life that you really want to have, including vacations." Yeah, it's, you know, I actually have them envision. I mean, not only sometimes I'll even have them do a eulogy if that's what it takes. I mean, I don't like to do that, but um, it's imagine that's the end of your life. You've got 24 hours to live. All we can do is reminisce. You don't even have enough time to go back and do anything or or handle any regrets. Who's with you? 
Uh, are you by yourself? Is your are you still married with the person you've been married to? Are you you know is she holding your hand or he holding your hand? Um, are your children around? Do they still love you or are they just there because out of uh, you know just because they have to be there instead of wanting to be there? You tell me at the end of your life, looking back, what kind of what legacy do you want to live so we can help you then build a business to support that life. And that's the most important thing to me because when it's all said and done, and I actually have now been to a lot of funerals and funerals for some of my clients, and the most beautiful thing, and you'll always realize that it's never about the accolades, it's never about the financial statements. It really is about the people that loved you and you love them. That makes the biggest difference in anyone's life. And so to me, having a vision of a, of a life that encompasses what's truly important and not forget about the, the, the you know, the, your children and creating, giving back to your community. Those are the things that have the most amount of meaning, I think. Beautiful. So that's step one. What's next? Uh, it basically is now, this is where leadership comes in, and that's, you know, the vision of your business. I want you to um, think about now we're at the end of your life. Tell me what your, what your business accomplished. How many people did you have working for you? How, what kind of lives did you change? It's kind of like um, having that strategic objective. It's at the end of my business, how do I want my business to be? And the problem is that most people don't think about that. They think about, oh, my God, I just, how am I going to stay open the very first month or the first six months? And I want them to have a driving uh, light. I want them to understand that they're going to be going through some growing pains and where they want to be, and it allows them to kind of dream a little bit, have a grander vision of what they see now. Um, and, and, and also, what I'm doing, Kate, is I'm having them think strategically, again, the first part on their life and the second part strategically on their business. And, and you know, there's that King Solomon uh, proverb that says that where there is no vision, people perish. But to me, having a vision will also drive the direction and confidence of your business. Absolutely. And, and when you hire people and you have a vision, they'll work towards uh, helping you achieve that vision. You'll also attract better quality people because they, people want to follow people uh, who's a leader, who is a leader who, who has a, a, a vision and can, and can drive that vision. Well, great. So, so that's so step one is really sort of envisioning the whole life and step two and envisioning the business and doing that sort of at the level of vision and also strategy. That I always think of strategy as the how. How, how are we going to get there? Um, what comes right. next? Well, I, and, and, well, what comes next is that I want to make sure that also when they're driving their vision, they're driving their life, that we've got something else that we can coordinate. We're still kind of in step two, but I want them to focus on building what I call is their occupation, not their occupation. Oh, okay. Their occupation is figuring out what they love to do and doing what they're great at doing. The problem is if you just focus on those two things, you're just creating a hobby, which a lot of people do, right? They create hobbies for themselves and they realize that if they're not going to make money at it, they're not going to be in business for a long time. And we have to focus on also how are we going to make money from this business. So now we're going to the third step. What I do is, again, I'm now helping them create what's called a business blueprint. Now, that's very different. I created a business blueprint for my father about 20 years ago because my dad has limited educational skills. He's not going to take a look at a business plan and put it on the shelf and then go back to a, you know, a 90, 100-page business plan. I created a one-page document that lists all the major functions of what's required to run a successful business for the type of business that he has. 
And so if you take a look at my book, Small Business, Big Life, I have some examples there. If you go to my website at lewisbarajas.com, I think you can download some examples there as well. Um, and so it's a business blueprint that will identify, for example, the major functions in your human resource or your technology section or your administration or the mm-hmm. distribution channels or your marketing or your sales. What, what major functions require you to look at because for the whole business? Because the problem is, Kate, is that just because you know how to do something doesn't mean that you know how to operate, run a business that does that something. And most of the time I find that most small business owners focus just on the marketing side of their business or the production, but they actually have to also focus on the, financial, the internal finances of their business, the general administration side of their business, the technology side of their business, the, uh, you know, the, the, the compliance side of their business. And if they're not paying attention to this, eventually it will catch up to them. And yeah, that's you where are you'll right. see a lot of weaknesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really see that in the clients I coach also um, at times in my own business and in in working with um, coaches who are just starting up their own coaching business. Often we're doing what we love to do, what we're passionate about, and we need to figure out how to make money and how to run the business, how to, how to build a business, not just do the coaching part. So I, I've seen that happen again and again. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Right. And then we go to step four. What we do is once I've created this business blueprint, um, again, a one-page document that identifies all the major core functions of running this business is our goal is to actually figure out how we can do more of the stuff that we're, we're, we're naturally gifted at and start delegating the work to other people to do the things that we shouldn't be doing. And, but, but before we do that, we want to create business systems. We want to create, and each function that you still have to do, you at least want to identify what are the procedures, what are the standards you want in, in that function before you can delegate it. Otherwise, you're going to get in trouble by bringing in more people who actually are not going to follow through and follow up on what you want them to do. So you really have to focus on creating business systems. And, and the, the beauty of business systems is that once you actually create systems inside of your, every major function of your business, it frees you up to actually be able to take vacations and not be there. Because I always say that if you have to be there every single day in your business, right, you don't own a business, you've just created a job for yourself. And, and, um, and that's not the purpose of a business. You want to be able to, to leave, uh, you know, you, if you can take off two or three months at a time and come back and have that business be more successful than before you left, then that's a true business. And so you just kind of want to tweak the systems all the time, take a look at what's important, and then continue just narrowing down what your, your natural gifts are and focus those things on your business. Okay. Great. And the, and the last step is step five is I always say that there is no business that can be run by yourself. Um, you really need... A specific, you know, you really need a great team. You got to build that team. I would say the bigger the, the dream, the better the team that you need. And I like to also call it your circle of support. Uh, for example, part of your circle of support may be that you're outsourcing, for, like you, like a, a, a business coach, or we have a, a banker, a CPA, an attorney. Um, but not only that, for example, what I'm seeing now is what we create for a circle of support. I just created for a circle of support for a, a woman business owner the other day um, was one of the, her biggest obstacles was always finding somebody to take care of her kid when there was emergencies at the office that she couldn't leave right away to go pick up her kid at daycare. So I know we can't. How could we find somebody that could be there for her child to just take care of her for an extra hour during the day? We found somebody like that. 
uh, part of her circle of support was finding a brand new pediatrician that when her, when her child got sick, she would spend literally almost half the day at the doctor's office, most of the day just waiting to be seen by the pediatrician, where we actually found a great pediatrician that scheduled appointments and actually never kept you there at the doctor's office more than, you know, longer than you needed to be. You'd be in and out in, in 20, 30 minutes, max time. And, great. And so these are parts of the circle of support that you also want to take a look at. We know that this, we're going to take another break, but the five steps, just to play them back for people who are listening. First one, your life blueprint. Second one, your step two, your vision. Step three, your business blueprint. And step four, your business systems. And then finally, step five, your team. And I think it's so clear to think about these five steps. And I hear you saying, Lewis, that we need to be thinking about them all the time, not just at the startup moment. So we'll be right back after the break. We'll finish up with more vision. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. This is Kate, and I'm talking today with Luis Parajas, who's shared invaluable guidance about how to make our visions real, and he means your whole life as well as your business success. Um, Lewis, as we come to the top of the hour, I would love to hear you talk for a moment about where do we typically go wrong? I mean, so many of us really do start small businesses wanting wanting that whole picture, and then we somehow um, end up, as you said earlier, working so hard, perhaps not even making enough money to make it a successful story. Um, Can you just... Give us a little bit of a perspective on the common things that people do that they could rethink. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, these actually might not even be as, as common, but I would tell you that right at the beginning, when I see a person who has blinders on and is not willing to get advice from other people or help from other people, um, is when they eventually will go wrong. Not at the beginning. The problem with most business owners is they have a tremendous amount of adrenaline. And they're willing to work long hours and hard hours, but eventually, uh, you know, there's, I think, an 80% failure rate among business owners after the first 10 years and, or, or a shorter time period. And the problem with that is that they burn out. 
And you have to understand that we live in a world where there's a tremendous amount of help out there for you. And so thinking that you could go at it alone and overcome the obstacles um, is not going to do it for you. It may do it for you at the beginning when you have that tremendous amount of energy, but eventually people do burn out. Uh, that's one. The second thing is at the beginning when people start, they think that they need a lot of capital to start. And, you know, you really don't. And I don't like people who start businesses and buy the best of everything. Um, is that they really have to focus on cash flow. Um, you will see that most business owners, if they shut down, it sometimes isn't because of sales, it's because of cash flow. They don't have enough money and they really need to focus on their, on their finances, on the financial side of their business as well. And figuring out if they're going to be charging for their services uh, or their products, they need to be charging a, a, a fair price and they need to have the systems to be able to collect that money as quickly as possible. So those are two key areas that um, you know, I see that, and, and, and they're not small areas, they're big areas, but those are the areas that you want to focus on. You know, you described your own story a bit, and I think it's a, a familiar one to so many of us of loving what you do, put, you know, b- being willing to work super hard on it, and in a way, perhaps, um, confusing passion for what you do with living a fulfilling life, right? Um, can you just say a little bit more about having it all, if you will, why, why do we need to put life at the front and business as a, a way of making it happen instead of business at the front? What's the difference? Well, the difference is that, you know, it's that you, you never, when I, again, meeting business owners, their goal when I first meet them, what's your goal of your business? Well, I'd like to have a million dollars in sales by the end of, you know, the year three, and I'd like to be earning $250,000. And I, I, I believe that it's the whole concept of the ends versus the means. You know, what are you focusing on? And I think that you should focus on creating enough abundance to live a great life. That money should help you live uh, a great life. And the means is, is life. And as Pastor Rick Warren said, you know, I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. Uh, maybe when I was younger, I didn't go to a lot of funerals, but I'm 50 now, and I've gone to uh, a lot of funerals in my lifetime. And you realize that if you're upset today about losing a client and you take it out on your family or you're, it's not things aren't going well enough for you and, uh, because you didn't, you, you didn't, it's your third year and you haven't reached a million dollars in sales, it's not, it's not going to kill you. It's not that important. It really isn't. It's, it's what's important um, is that you actually are conscious that you are aware the, the sacredness of life and how important it is and that the money that you're making, that you're using it to invest, to um, express your full potential and live your highest purpose. To me, that's what money's for because in the very end, I'm not taking anything with me. And I believe that I use money, uh, I use it for coaching as well for myself. You know, I coach people, but I get coached as well because I want to I be able to express my full potential and live my highest purpose. You know, you seem to be learning from your own life, Lewis, and, uh, you know, sort of walking your talk and, you know, learning learning it by practicing it. And I'm sure that makes you very, very credible with the many people who seek your advice. And, you know, I wonder, you know, given all that you've learned and, and, and so on, what advice do you have for the small business owner out there right now who's listening? You know, what, what's, your, what's the advice you'd really give them as a takeaway from this conversation? You know, I, the advice, that I, the, the takeaway that I have is, remember we talked about those beliefs or the mindset and yep. the whole concept of investing versus expense? I'll share yep. a story with you that really hit me hard. 
years ago, I wrote my very first book. It was called The Latino Journey to Financial Greatness. And, and there was one bookstore that was really going out of their way to highlight this book. And it was a bookstore in Santa Ana, California. And it was the largest Hispanic bookstore in the country. And, and it's a small bookstore. Uh, and the owner's name is uh, Ruben Martinez. And we, I was there. I was there early, like a couple hours early, for a book signing, and we were talking about my the, my life and where I'd been and how I'd gotten this book out. And he had my book in a, in a circle on a table, and and um, and some lady walks in, and he goes, "Watch, I'm going to sell a book for you." And I was all excited because he was going to sell a book for me. And he goes mm-hmm. out there, and I, I overhear, and he says, "Ma'am, have you have you have you heard about this book?" And she says, "No, no, I haven't." He goes, oh, my gosh, because I read it about a month and a half ago, and I'm already using it. It's already starting to change my life. And, oh, by the way, ma'am, I'm Mr. Martinez. I'm the owner of this bookstore, and I've read a lot of these books, and this book is fantastic. And the lady is looking at this book, and she's picking it up, and she's turning it around, opening up the pages. And what she was really looking for was um, how much did the book cost? What was the expense of the book? And then he says, "Oh, and he says, are you looking for the price, ma'am?" And he goes, "Yes." He goes, "Well, it's like I think it was like thirteen bucks or something, or it, it might have been the hardcover that was like nineteen bucks at the time." And he goes, "Oh, nineteen dollars. I can't. I can't afford that right now." And and I thought about that, and I thought about, well, you know, that's that's a big issue with with a lot of business owners where they where they have to take a step back and strategically think, if I invest in working. Uh, in hiring a coach, or I invest in uh, taking time off to think strategically, or I invest in hiring an employee that I'm going to pay him a little more than hiring someone that I, that has no experience. I'm going to pay him less. Um, they're seeing that as an expense versus an investment. And I will share with you that when you when you start looking at things that you're willing to pull out at the beginning, even sometimes your credit card to invest in yourself, mm-hmm. you have a much much higher probability. Again, a probability of becoming successful and having a business that will be successful. And to me, that's really important because I don't see a lot of people these days really wanting to invest time in reading books. Uh, they don't want to invest money in traveling to meet other people to, so they can learn new things, so they can get their businesses growing. Because I always say just one or two good ideas can change the trajectory of your business. You know, you're making a distinction in this hour that I want to I want to zoom in on here and, and tell me if I've got it right. But I heard you say earlier that as you're starting up your new business, you know, be careful not to necessarily buy the best of everything, you know, not be one of those um, entrepreneurs who sort of has to have, you know, first flight everything in terms of what, how you set up the business. On the other hand, you're also saying invest in yourself. If you're going to spend money, spend it on you and on your, your, your own development, your own growth as, a, as an entrepreneur and as a, as a business owner. So cut costs where you can, don't cut don't fail to invest in yourself. Is that right? Absolutely, Kate. I, I will tell you that, for example, I have a small a boutique wealth planning firm, and I will share with you at the beginning when I first started out and I'd left the big firm to come back and start my own firm. I didn't have a lot of money at the time because I promised my first wife that I was not going to touch the capital that we had in the family finances. It kind of started all over again. And one of the best things that I invested was I joined uh, an associ- a national association for my profession. And, even, and I made it an effort to go out to the national conference. And it cost a lot of money. It cost the travel. It cost the, you know, the, the airfare, the hotel, the food, uh, the conference fee. But if it were not for that, if it were not making friends uh, that were in my profession who already were successful, who were role models, if I did not have if, uh, a vision of what, who I could become like, uh, a driving force, 
I don't know if I'd, how, how I'd be here. It might have taken me much, much longer to become successful. And so it's important that I say, you know, like if you're going to start a profession in the food industry, go to the national conferences, make friends, see who's out there successful, spend the time Perfect. and the energy and effort to get to know these people. It's really important, right. and I, I don't think enough people do that. You know, I, yeah, I think you've given us so much to think about and work on. I've taken some good notes myself in this hour. And I want to say thank you, Lewis, for joining our show today. And we have just a few seconds left. I know the people who are interested in learning more about you can go to your website, which is www.lewisbarajas.com. That's B-A-R-A-J-A-S.com. And you've got some great classes coming up. Um, I Lewis, do. Then, thank you. you know, I'm on Twitter. The same thing. It's just Lewis Barajas. I'm also on Facebook. Um, and I, you know, I love not only to to share information, but I love to get information from people that are part of our community as well. Um, and Kate, I really appreciate the work that you're doing. Um, I've thank been you. to your website, and it's phenomenal. You've got a tremendous amount of information there as well. So I'm I'm very excited to have met you today and to be part of your show. Well, I'm honored to have you. Have a great week, Lewis, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Kate. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio.